Hello, everybody. This is the Friendly Bear Podcast, where we interview some of the best and brightest traders in the trading community. Listen to inspiring stories and nuggets of insight from current and future game changers in the trading space. Listen and learn as we explore all types of trading niches with some of the best in the industry from a Friendly Bear point of view. Make sure to check out the Friendly Bear Podcast new YouTube channel called Friendly Bear Research, which includes all the podcast video content and supplemental screen shares. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. With that being said, I'm your host, David, a.k.a. Reverse Long, and this is the Friendly Bear Podcast. Let's dive in. What's up, guys? This is David, a.k.a. Reverse Long, and I'm here with Charles Gelman, the CEO and founder of Heidel Health, and he is uh, doing some work with AI and health. AI, you know, um, uh, artificial intelligence and health. And we know recently with stocks, you know, the reason why I'm interested in it is because in several occasions this year, AI has been like a big theme with the overall markets and just in general with, uh, you know, you got ChatGBT and all these developments, you got like all this, everybody's talking about AI. So like what better way to, you know, to find a, a sector that's that's uh, has a lot to do with AI and a lot of developments are happening. And we have someone like Charles Gelman who is uh, in that world. So with that being said, what's up, Charles? How's it going? It's going great, David. Thank you so much for inviting me to the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Excited to have you here. So, so yeah, what, what, first of all, you want to give a background on yourself on how you started Heidel Health and what it is and, and how AI is incorporated? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Just like a lot of other founders, uh, never anticipated getting myself into this. Uh, my background is actually data science. So uh, a deep background in data science, AI, ML, and a lot of the functions behind that, incorporating large data sets to try to figure out how to get some type of insights that other people aren't seeing. Um, the culmination of HIDO, which stands for Health Information Data Outcomes, culminated from my interest in trying to correlate um, how people do well or not do well based upon a combination of healthcare treatments. So I can kind of unpack that and where the AI technology comes in with HIDO, but essentially there's a blueprint for health outcomes. And part of those data sets start with the cocktail of medications people take based upon chronic conditions. And then the outcomes is how well is your blood work? Are you going to the hospital or the ER? Or is your health stabilizing, regressing, or progressing? And that is the culmination of how Hido started. Great. And what's uh what's what do you have a background in health or AI more like which which one are you more uh familiar with? Yeah, yeah. So my background actually um should intrigue your audience because I actually started in finance. So I worked at a, a very large bank. And then I went back to a medical school to pursue, pursue clinical informatics and then have a, an MBA also. But um, my interest has always been within the data science realm and artificial intelligence and machine learning um, was more of the subgenres that started to increase um, as time has continued. So my focus has really been um, trying to figure out those data sets and then the, the different algorithms that make things a little bit interesting uh, for people to understand different insights. Excellent. So so how, how long ago did you get into the artificial intelligence world and did you see like so like now in 2023 is there has there been like a big boom all of a sudden everything clicked and like now um 
it's like, you know, you were ahead of the game before or how did that come about? Yeah, it was, a, you know, just like a lot of other founders, more like a happenstance. There was an opportunity that presented itself. Um, I was working at a, a large medical device company at that time. And uh, we started to study um, the same type of books and information that was being taught at the university. And it piqued my interest. And just by coming across it, I started investigating a little bit more. And then that's when that rabbit hole starts to, you know, you start slowly creeping around it. And then you get um, gravitated right into that uh, vortex. And then I started just to go all in and start to really research it. So before there was really a big um, public, you know, focus on artificial intelligence, machine learning. That's when I started to dive in about 2018. Gotcha. 2018. Okay. Wow. So, so now did you see all this wave of like chat GBT and all this stuff happening? Cause I bet now people go on chat GBT and type like, uh, they use that for, for health purposes. I don't know. Um, so yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? First of all, before we go deeper. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic tool. I, I still think that there's elements that you probably want to um, have a human behind to maybe refine it, you know, depending upon how you're utilizing the types of technologies. Um, I, I think that there's still some future advancements, but it's getting better and faster um, all the time. And the applications, not just, you know, outside of chat GPT, but other applications, um, you know, especially within healthcare, which is a, you know, $4.3 trillion industry, uh, the applications to really refine the way that you deliver care to patients, not just within the house hospital, but outside the four walls has really never been serviced with remote technologies and assisted technologies before. So it makes it very, very interesting for a whole lot of people. Gotcha. Okay. So now you mentioned the algorithms before. So how, how does it go about like with what you do, how to incorporate algorithms and like, because, you know, people talk about algorithms and it's like, a, it's a, there's like, when I think about algorithms of stock trading, there's certain algorithms that, you know, just, um, they're mathematical and they form different, they're based off of different patterns. And even they try to incorporate some psychological human behavior into it. You know, like for example, how a short squeeze you know, mm -hmm. it's it's aimed to sh to get the sh uh, attract short sellers and get them to max pain levels, and then before you know the agenda kicks in of the, out the it's all mathematically uh, figured out in there. You know, somehow, like it, more or less, that's what they're aiming for to do with those specific algorithms. Now, for healthcare, how do you how do you tailor algorithms to to for healthcare? So imagine each person is an individual or a unique data set. And that's just a small subset of more data sets or other like inputs. And then you aggregate those different data sets. So I'm going to give you something very specific. So each person, age, gender, race, geolocation, disease, family history, types of medications, hospitalizations, ER visits. There's so many different unique data sets when you comprise them all together, then you have one unique data set. And then what you do is you start correlating those with other like unique data sets. So if you can picture when you start thinking about machine learning, you know, you have one data set that learns upon another data set to then provide a unique insight. And what we do and what we're looking for is the blueprint for health. So for instance, if you have a loved one or a family member that have a, that has a cardiovascular condition, they have a unique parameter. So age, gender, race, 
geolocation, cocktail medications, and then they have outcomes. And based upon their intake or the input, which could be, are they taking their medications? Are they not taking their medications? Are they exercising, not exercising, diet, or not making poor, or if they're making poor choices, you're going to have deviations that occur. So what we're doing right now is we can understand those behaviors. So when I start talking about AI, AI, to your point, does go into behavioral tracking and behavioral modification. And when you start pushing those together, what you get is a substantial reduction in hospitalizations and ER visits that we've already validated with our white paper, which has been 80%. So it's very, very significant. So the power of AI can impact millions of people. Wow. Okay. So so are we just like in the, like what inning are we in? in the Like we take it like to the baseball analogy, like the inning as far as AI and health. That's very interesting. So there's a thing that um, some of your viewers may be aware of, which is called electronic medical record. So when I was speaking about unique data insights and inputs and data sets, when you go into a hospital or you go to your doctor's office, they're collecting data every single time. So your physician may be talking to you, but they're also typing on the computer if you yeah. noticed. So um, we are very, very early. I mean, the if, if you actually look, the majority of the collection occurs when you go visit a clinic, you go visit a doctor or a nurse. But a lot of those data sets, and you've seen this with Fitbit, and you've seen this with other auxiliary secondary inputs that are measuring your vital signs, we're still very, very, very early. Yeah, wow. So I have Fitbit. I actually have also uh, Sleep IQ Smart Bit. So it's, it's like I'm getting different data, and I'm I'm organ I'm figuring it out in my head, adjusting. But I'm sure there's a, a way better way to make use of that data. So you're saying like AI with machine learning can, can gather all this data and like aggregate it in a more useful way than what we're currently doing right now. Is that, is that what yes. it is? So there's basically three, three major inputs that the majority of the population has that impacts, I don't know, 95% of people you have diet, you have exercise. And then the last input is medications. Generally speaking, and not all people, but if you have poor dietary choices and you don't exercise, then you're on a series of medications. But you also have to alter that behavior because people aren't taking their medications as prescribed. So if they're not if they're not following those, then they have different types of outcomes that will change their trajectory versus other like individuals. But we are very, very early on. And by prompting them with assisted robotics in the home, that's your primary input. The secondary inputs are those vitals that you were speaking about. So those are those are byproducts of those three inputs that are happening. And if you can measure those inputs, then you can start predicting how people will actually do or not do well in the future. I see. And uh, now the whole, um, so you got into this in 2018. So did you... With what's going on now, that was five years ago. So five years ago, did you kind of envision like uh, something like what we're encountering now these days and like going into in the future, which is probably, who knows, a whole robotic person, in, you know, writing down those data when you check in the clinic or whatever, like you were mentioning. So like, is this is this along the same lines as like, you know, because like, for example, when I think about the old movies in the of dystopia and all that it kind of 
you know, like 1984 or something, you know, it kind of, they kind of predicted a little bit more or less. So did did this, um, did you, did you think about that? Like 2018, when you first started, like, this is a, like, this is kind of like not a surprise. Well, we actually, like I said before, it's kind of happenstance. So my background is data science. So what I was actually looking for is these unique data sets to, to correlate you know, whether or not people are taking medications. And the current standard is if you go to the pharmacy and you pick up your prescription, therefore you're compliant with taking your medications. So the standard is not, you know, the data integrity is a little sketchy, right? So yeah, yeah. what we want to do is, was there ability to capture the recording to truly understand people's behaviors. And then with a stronger data integrity, now you can make this correlations with blood work and hospitalizations and, and disease states. But um, that specific, those types of metrics, the amount of engineering that had to go into it to provide the assistive robotics, we weren't really thinking about AI. What we're thinking about is how do we get this type of data source in order to start researching these other different parameters? I see what you're saying. So like, for example, I have this um, hydrate spark water bottle. It tracks water. I have one here in my office and I have one at home and it lights up when I drink water and it hooks up. It links to Fitbit. I don't know if you see the Fitbit logo. Yeah. And I, and I have I just took it off now, but I have a Fitbit. So I'm tracking my walking, my sleep and the all through the app, the, the one app and Fitbit water. That mm -hmm. I drink and I, I drink throughout the day too a little bit. So it's like it's it's but it's more or less an I a really good idea of how much water I drink. So like I'm getting and I got two of them, one here and one in my place. So I can have that as much of that integrity in the app. Okay, like and it, you know, so it's like how do you get people to drink more water? You know, um you gotta track it. And how do you trust the tracking? You know, you gotta got to be on top of it and like you got to trust what the people are saying you can't just estimate it especially if you have pills or if you have some medications prescribed to you you're going to really need to know the true data so like you can't just go by the word oh i think i took like i i take um i take a lot of vitamins too and sometimes i, I like i'm supposed to take it twice a day sometimes I, I take it once and i think i took it twice a day or i took it twice and maybe i take an extra one <laughs> because i forgot you know what i mean like, get lose track of it so it's um this is this is necessary, you know, and, and health health is important. You know what I mean? So uh, like I to think that I wasn't getting enough water just because I didn't have an idea of how much water I was drinking before. That's a big deal, you know, so or sleep like if um how much real sleep are you getting? You know, so that, that's why I have personally the Fitbit and the, the smart bed, you know, just to just to see how like the real data of uh, how much I'm sleeping. So like. The closer we can get health on track to like what we really need to optimize ourselves as human beings and to be healthy, this is great, man. So like, do you think this is overall like a real win for the health industry or for what you're doing? Well, it's, it's very significant. So what you're talking about is personal accountability. You know, what has been very interesting from a research perspective, we've done research at Stanford and Rush University, um, is that more often than not, and this is counterintuitive, but most of your audience will actually agree with this is that when you go to the physician or you go to your nurse, your doctor, people don't always tell the truth. Uh, yeah. So did you take your medications? Are you exercise? Are you eating right? Well, nine times out of 10, people are in fact telling the truth. 
to the people that are trying to take care of them. So when you're talking about tracking and accountability, there's no more, it's called patient self-reported outcomes. There's no more of that. Now a nurse or a doctor knows what's going on. They can see the data and then they can, they can alter their discussion based upon the data sets that are coming in. So they can have an intelligent conversation with that person say, you know what? This medication is saving your life. And if you don't continue to take it, you're not going to be around for our next appointment. And those are much different discussions than saying, you know what? You, you just keep taking your medications the way you are. Uh, it looks like it's not working. Let's go ahead and bump up your medication to a higher dosage. Let's go ahead and add on another medication. So what you have is you have a situation with people that are basically being overdosed on drugs and have too many different medications because they aren't recording accurately what's happening to their pharmacists, nurses, and doctors. And that is a major, major problem. Wow. Yeah, that's, I think everybody can relate to that. So, so why do people not say the truth to the doctor? (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. I I think, you know, sometimes it has to do with um, people being embarrassed. Um, Other situations are, you know, just people feeling comfortable in being 100% honest about what's going on. And other people are open and honest. You know, it's not everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, You know, I don't think anyone's trying to shame others within the healthcare industry. Everybody wants them to do well, but you only have a couple minutes with your physician and then they're off. So um, you you just have to be really honest uh, with yourself and with others if you're trained to do well. Gotcha. So in the past, so, okay, so I guess up to now, up to this new revolution, um, you know, hopefully we'll see, you know, it looks like a, a big win for the health industry and just for people that are getting medicine or, you know, in, into health. Uh, before, how would, do- would doctors consider like a certain percentage of like slippage of what the patient is saying and accommodate for that? Is that how it was done? Like a, like an estimate or something or? So this is what the interesting part is that nobody could ever validate or verify whether or not you're taking medications. So think about that. If you don't know the most important input that the majority of people with chronic disease are taking, how do you alter the way that you practice medicine when you have no idea what's going on at home? Yeah, you really, it's, it's, you know, I guess you kind of like try your best and hope <laughs> yeah you know that's not good yeah and, and hope yeah. is not no it's not a, not a plan not a plan yeah. <laughs> um yeah so so how how do you guys would it be like um so how how would it be tracked or how would you guys get this data is it like a an actual thing a wearable or something or is it like a like how, how like a physical thing or is it not a physical thing or like how yeah. yeah, so the Hydro device is an assisted robotic technology that looks like a Keurig coffee machine uh, that is a hybrid between a Keurig and a ring device. So looks like a coffee machine. We did that on purpose. So nobody notices uh, when they come into your house, your bathroom, what it is. It's got a nice big touch screen on it. You walk in, uh, it unlocks with face ID. It knows exactly your medication, dosage, frequency, and pill count. You take your medication in front of the unit, just like I'm doing right now, and it records it, and then you put it back down. Then there's a nice clinical dashboard for nurses, pharmacists, and doctors to be able to view. So what this creates is that tracking and accountability. So you have behavior modification for the wellness 
of people that never had it before. And that's why it has such a significant clinical impact on so many folks. Very interesting. So where, where do you see this in the in the near future? How far deep can this go with uh, AI and health? That's a great question. Um, if you think about what's happening in the home right now, you have a number of major, major companies measuring temperature. They're measuring weight. They're measuring your pulse. Those are all interesting things that are happening within the house. But the most significant is the input. So if somebody was able to track your food, right, or some of the apps, they can track your exercise. But the other critical input is the medication that's taken that we can do now. And then now everything else makes sense. All the the blood pressure, your weight, any type of um, heart rate variability testing, all of those metrics can be tracked and traced back to those medications. And that, to me, is the missing link. Wow. Awesome. This is, this is great. So like I'm thinking in my head, okay, so I got all these wearables. Imagine just one that's like, uh, all in one with blood pressure and taking your vitamins or medicine, weight, sleep, water. So is, is, um, the Heidel device, like how many different variations does it do? Yeah. So it is Bluetooth enabled. So you could um, sync up some of those other secondary endpoints or auxiliary uh, measurements. Um, if you wanted to see holistically how a person is doing. So now, you know, you're already tracking your water, you're tracking your, your vitamins and supplements. But now imagine if you actually had something that was doing that all, and then you could determine whether or not those supplements or vitamins were having any type of physiological effect on your body. You know, if you knew the vitamins or supplements weren't doing or were doing something, you may alter whether or not you're taking them in the future or taking more of them in the future. But right now it's, you're just taking uh, based upon some of the information that you've come across. And um, as far as like, let's say if I got to go for a doctor's visit, do I show them the Heidel stats, the Heidel data? Would they be like able to understand it easily? Yeah. So it, it comes down to dose by dose adherence data. If you told them that you're taking, you know, there's a, a popular generic drug called metformin for diabetes and that lowers your A1Cs or the, or the sugar in your blood. And you were tracking at 85 or 90%. And let's say your A1C measures were a little bit high. They may change the dosage or alter the type of medication because you're not within the defined range that they're looking. So it's a very, very powerful information for a provider or a nurse or a pharmacist to see. Right now, they don't have anything to go off of. Gotcha. So, yeah, very exciting. So, like, when I go to, let's say, I um, I got to go to the hospital for some reason, God forbid, um, I have this data. Like, how, how would they get it? There was like a an email I can send them or some kind of like app. I just show them the app. Is that how it yeah, works? So each, each patient has an app on their phone. So you just pull it up on your phone. Um, if, um, or the clinician would have access to the clinical dashboard. So it just depends on, on who um, has signed you up for it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this is great. Now we are all educated on AI and health, how the future is going to look and Hido, everything Hido. Um, any, where people can find you or how can people get a, get, see more about Heidel Health? Yeah, go ahead and take a look at the website. HeidelHealth.com, H-I-D-O Health.com. And you can see a little bit more about Heido, what we do, some of the videos. And then if you have any questions, feel free to press that contact us button. And uh, we'd be more than happy to answer any additional questions.
Awesome. And that'll be in the show notes. Anyways, thank you, Charles, for coming in and giving us a rundown on, on all of that. That's very useful information. And now we can check out Heido. And uh, yeah, and we'll keep in touch in the near future. We'll have you on. Okay. Thank you, David. Stay healthy. Thanks. You too. Bye. That concludes today's episode. Make sure to like and subscribe to the channel on the platform you use. The Friendly Bear Podcast is hosted by me, David, where you can find me on Twitter at reverse underscore long. You can find the Friendly Bear Podcast at www.thefriendlybearpodcast.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, and now on YouTube at Friendly Bear Research. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Friendly Bear Podcast.